is that you, Megan? Ellen's voice drifted down the stairs as soon as the front door opened. Yes, Mum. I'll be up in a minute with your tea. Beginning to unpack her shopping, Megan discovered that their eggs, still rationed in 1951, were broken. Their runny contents hopelessly mixed with bits of eggshell. Damn! The expletive was muttered beneath her breath. Even now, her father's influence still lingered. Well, she couldn't blame anyone else. She should have been more careful instead of just dumping the bags on the pavement. Her mother needed all the nourishment she could get. Megan tipped the mess into the rubbish bin, and as she waited for the kettle to boil, began to sing. I dream of Jeannie with the light brown hair. Knowing that, lying in the silent room upstairs, Ellen would hear the lilting tune. It had been her mother's one act of defiance against her strict husband's wishes, her love of singing popular songs instead of only hymns. As for Megan herself, how many times had she been on the brink of rebelling against him, of going against the teachings of the chapel? She'd longed to go dancing, to have a boyfriend like other girls of her age. But that would have meant rousing the house, and not only had her mother's health been poor, she'd always found any sort of confrontation so distressing that Megan hadn't the heart to upset her. It was in the early hours of Sunday morning that Megan suddenly woke up. Drowsily, she wondered what had disturbed her, and then she heard the faint and strange sound. With her heart hammering in her chest, she leapt out of bed to find Ellen fighting for breath, a harsh rasping coming from her lungs, and in that one moment Megan knew, and saw that same terrifying knowledge in her mother's desperate eyes. I'll fetch the doctor! And then Megan was running again, down the stairs to grab her coat and purse. Only now it was not to rescue a puppy, but to rush, fearful and despairing, into the dark night and to the nearest phone box. Beautiful dreamer. The poignant words rang out sweet and true, and as she brushed Ellen's long greying hair and gently buttoned up the collar of her thin cotton nightdress, Megan had no qualms about singing at such a time. Stephen Foster had been her mother's favourite composer. Then, going over to the dressing table where Ellen's treasured silver-backed hairbrush lay, gleaming in the early morning light, Megan wondered yet again why her mother had never used the beautiful object, always saying, Your father gave it to me, and it has sentimental value. Not that I'm telling you why, and I've told you. Once you come of age, it's yours. Now Megan picked it up and hesitated. After all, it was the only item of value in the house. But grief and compassion won. Ellen had loved it, and going back to the bed with a last caring gesture, Megan placed the hairbrush carefully between her mother's pale folded hands. And she turned to the window, where before finally leaving, the doctor had closed the cheap rayon curtains. In defiance, Megan had flung them back, wanting sunlight to flood into the room, to bathe in warmth for one last time, the woman who had borne and nurtured her. But now, with her task finished, and knowing that Ellen would have hated to flout convention, Megan once again shut out the light. The woman waiting below looked up with relief as at last she heard Megan's footsteps on the steep stairs. The buxom, comfortable-looking Clarice Bath, seeing that her young neighbour was struggling to hold back tears, said, The undertaker shouldn't be long, love. 
We're very good at the co-op. At least we've got a plot in the cemetery. Megan's father had died only two years previously, in 1949. I never thought I'd lose Mum as well. At least not so soon. Clarice gazed at Megan with sympathy. Ellen Cresswell had never been strong, the result of a childhood spent in a damp cottage in Gom's Mill. But no matter how the doctor waffled on about pneumonia, it was a broken heart that had killed Megan's mother. Clarice would stake her life on it. Ellen had adored that solemn husband of hers, but between her parents' strict religious views and the dutiful care of her mother, Clarice had seen this girl's youth slowly strangled. And those were years that could never be recovered. You are all right for money. I mean, you've got enough to bury her. Megan nodded. You've no need to worry. I'll manage fine. Clarice pulled herself to her.